This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Just very quickly turn with me to the, our foundational scripture in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 20. And it reads, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And so we've been talking these last several weeks about dealing with death. And my specific portion has been about setting your house in order. Dealing with death. Setting, setting your house in order. How do, you, how do you ensure that your house is aligned with the will of God? And we've covered um, you know, several aspects of, uh, of, in, this, in this teaching. We talked about you know, going all the way back uh, with Minister Castile. She, she discussed you know, what is death and, and is, is death God's intention? And Minister Haston, he, he discussed, um, you know, the, the various aspects of death in terms of um, that, that you are spirit, soul, and body. And that in, in your dying, that the way that, that you lived your life, that it's locked in for eternity. That your value system, your judgments, that they're locked in for eternity. But in all of our teachings, we've continuously stressed that these are not teachings for you to, to curl into yourself. That these are actually not teachings about dying, but these are teachings about living. That we are trying to give you the instructions to live a life that is worth living. To live a life that is, that, that is worthy of praise, that your children your grandchildren will look back fondly and recall that you know what grandma walked in the ways of God grandpa walked in the ways of, of God auntie she walked in the ways of God uncle you know you can say whatever you want to about uncle but he knew God and so in my teachings and getting your house and setting your house in order we, we, uh, we covered just various aspects of the life of, of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And we said that Jacob, he's, a, he's, a, he's an illustration. You know, we, we use these terms, we say characters and we say stories. But Jacob was a real person. He, had, he was a real person. This is a historical account. He was a real person, but God gives us insight into his real problems. So many times in history, we whitewash and we try and cover up the flaws of our heroes and we make them who they are not and then we have these people that come out and they and they say well you know I uncovered this about this person or I uncovered that about this person and now we want to cancel them but you know in, in scripture it gives us the historical account of Jacob's life from birth to death all of the things that he that he did the things that that he should not have done and it, it, is a, it is an example for us to learn that there is a place that we need to get to. There is a place that we need to get to. And it's, 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 a, it's about getting to a place of peace. 
it's getting to a place of contentment. It's getting to a place of satisfaction. And we talked about the different, the different stages or the different spots along the way of Jacob's life. We, we said that he, that he was, found himself in a conditional place. Where essentially he said, Lord, if you bless me, then I'll serve you. And I don't want to let it get, I don't want, I don't want to let it get past you because in setting your house in order, you have to understand, well, where is my house now? Where, where am I as the head of my house? Where, where are my children? Where are they at now? If I'm someone that has influence in someone else's home or in someone else's lives, where are they at? In their, are they in that conditional place that they're saying, Lord, if you bless me, then I'll serve you? You know, unfortunately, a lot of us, we start here, and this is where we, this is where we are when we first leave our parents' homes. When we come out of their protection, when we come out of their covering, when it's time for us to, to make sure that we get up and go to work, or else we're going to miss that day at work. When it's time for us to buy groceries or else there won't be anything in the refrigerator. But look, if you don't put gas in that car, your car is going to stop running. You know, a lot of times when, when, uh, when it becomes our responsibility to take care of ourselves, that we find ourselves in this conditional place. Well, Lord, if you bless me, if you look to my needs, then I'll serve you. You know what that is, is that we're trying to substitute we're trying to substitute the, 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 the care and the overwatch that our parents had. We say, well, God, we're going to put it on you. And why is that? Because I don't want to take responsibility. I don't want the responsibility of taking care of myself. And so, God, if you don't make it happen, then I'm not going to serve you. Setting your house in order. You have to understand, where, where's your house at? Are you in that conditional place? And then we found out that, that, that next Jacob was in a broken place. That after his plans had come to their fullness, and he found out that it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. When he found out that the road that he was on was actually leading to nowhere. And now he is out of favor among all those around him. That now he's in his broken place. Now instead of coming back, to his homeland and triumph. He has to run back for fear of his life. He's in a broken place. And you 30-year-olds, you 40-year-olds, oftentimes you'll find yourselves in this broken place where you were counting those pay raises and you were counting those promotions five years out. And you, you over-obligated, you, you over-committed yourself. And now you find out that, that those pay raises and those promotions, they're not going to come. That that person that said they were going to love you for a lifetime, they walked out on you. That those children, those, those sweet little darlings, you know, you loved them when they were under 10. Now they're 14 plus and those hormones have kicked in. And you just can't, oh, they're still in your house. You're in, that, you're in a broken place. Where you realize that for all of your efforts and for all of your, 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 your exertion, that there's nothing that you can do to set things right. But listen, these are just, these are just, these are just stages in a journey. Some of you parents, you look at your, you look at your children 
and and they have grandchildren, and you're saying that's right. Now, now, now they see what I was telling them. Now, now they see what, what I was telling them. And they, your children, they think that 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 you that you that you laugh at them, but you're really not. Your, your heart goes out to them because you know, you know that the trouble they gave you, now they're getting that same trouble. They're in that broken place. You're saying, come on, let, let's, let's, let's have a talk. Let's have a conversation. Because you can't, you can't stay here. You can't stay in this broken place. There's, a, there's another place where God wants you to be. There's another place where God wants you to be. And you see, finally, Jacob, he got to the point where he could no longer compromise. He could no longer explain away and rationalize his sin. And why is that? Because he saw his sin in his children. He saw his sin in his children's lives. And so finally he had to come to a point where his sin was exceedingly sinful to him. Where it just stank. He couldn't stand it anymore. And he had to get to the place where he says, you know what? I'm putting all of it away. My whole house. We're putting all those things away. And we're only going to follow the word of God. We're only going to follow the word of God. This is the place of what we call repentance. This is a place of, of, of turning. Of, I'm not going to try and straddle the line anymore. I'm not going to be of two opinions anymore. But I am only... Listen, God, if you don't bring me out, then I'm staying right here. Because you must have something for me right here. And when he got to that place, that's, that's when he was in a place of peace, in a place of contentment. We talked about Jacob's hope. When he went into Egypt, he, 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 he was going into a place where Traditionally, it was a place of, of, of ruin and a place of, of, uh, a, 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 a bad outcomes for his family. But God was telling him to go to this place. And, he, and, and the Lord told him that, that I'm, I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to bring you out. And I don't know if any of you, if, if you missed it when I, was, when I was giving that illustration about how Jesus, he told the Pharisees that if you destroy the temple, that in three days I'll raise it again. That if you destroy this body, that in three days it'll be raised again. There's a scripture that says that if we, if we lose our lives, if we lose our lives for the sake of Christ, that he'll raise us up again. That he will raise us up again. Instead of your house in order. You have to get to the point where you say, well, listen, if I lose everything for Christ's sake. That he's going to raise it up. It's only going to stand by his power. It's not going to stand by my own devices. It's not going to stand by my own schemes. That I die to myself. So that I may live to Christ. And we gave you some of the things. We said that these were, these were the, the, the points. These, these are the waypoints you need to consider. Where are you 
Where are you along that journey? Where, where, is your, where are your children at? Where else do you have influence over? Because it, it, it speaks to how you need to address them, how you need to comfort them, how you need to instruct them to carry on once you're no longer there. And in giving these instructions, instructions are given to get you to the place where you are operating within your purpose. We said instructions, they're not experiences. They're not, they're not what, what worked for you one time. No, instructions come from the Creator. They come from the Master. And they are designed so that you function according to His plans and to His designs. These are the instructions that, that, that move you from one place to the next. That allow you to get out of where you are now to where God needs you to be. We said some basic instructions is that you need to instruct your family. They need to see in you a love of God. That he is the source. That he has a desire and a concern for them. And that they are complete in him. We said that, that, that you need to instruct your family, you need to instruct those you love to love themselves. And the way you show your love for yourself is through obedience. It's through discipline. This is how you show that you love yourself. It's through stewardship. You need to give instructions to your family. This, this is the legacy that you leave behind. Listen, we're going to talk about the money. We're going to talk about the things and the stuff. But this is the legacy that you leave behind. You need to instruct your family to love, to love, love their neighbor. To love their neighbor. That means showing mercy. Showing mercy, that means gentleness. It, it means humiliation. It means humility. Making yourself lower, of no reputation. Putting yourself in a position where, where it's not you that's showing, but it's the glory of God. So go to First Chronicles chapter 22. Let's get into some of the new information. There's a place that we need to be today. And by the help of God, we will get there. First Chronicles 22, just to set the stage, this is, this is talking about David. This is the history of David at the end of his life. And he's giving... Instruction to his son, Solomon, about what should happen after he has made his transition, after he has died. First Chronicles 22, just starting at verse 5, it says, And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. This is, how, this is what David thought about his God. He said, look, the house that, we, that, I, that I need to have built for the Lord, it needs to, to be exceedingly beyond anything 
that has been in existence before. Exceedingly magnificent, a fame and a glory throughout all countries. It says, I will therefore, because of that, because God has been so good, because God is such a great God, then I will, I'm going to take the actions now to make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. We see that David, that he made provision, that he made provision for the house of God. He says, because God is such a good God, because God is such a great God, his fame needs to be spread throughout all of the nations. And I am a part of the process. I am a part of the divine will and making the word of God and making the fame of God known and making his glory known throughout all of the nations. And not only am I a part of that process, but my children and those that come after me, they are a part of that process. So I need to make preparations now so that my children can glorify the Lord and all the nations would be blessed. You know, a lot of times we, we, we think about, when we think about inheritances and we think about passing things on, we just think about, about the things and the materials. But listen, the instruction comes before the investment. The instruction comes before the investment. Preparation comes before the provision. Look, I know it, it sounds because it has those, those letters, but, but it's true. The preparation comes before the provision. Otherwise, when they get it in their hands, it's just going to blow away. They're going to say, well, where's my second inheritance? Where's my third inheritance? And there is none. There is none. Listen, there are some behaviors that you have to model, that you have to teach your family, that you have to show those that you love, that you want to have a lasting success, that you want them to, to, to be able to endure. And these are just some of the, the, the practical, basic behaviors. One of them being how to live on an allowance. I know y'all just thought I cussed at you, but I didn't. They need to understand how to live on an allowance. Listen, husbands, if, you have, if you're having trouble with your wife spending her allowance and she can't seem to, to stay within her budget, guess what? She needs to see you living in your allowance. Stop saying that all the money that comes in belongs to me and I can spend it as I will. She needs to see that you have an allowance. And when you would have went out and bought that other thing, you say, well, listen, baby, envelope's empty. I guess, I guess we got to just trust in God today. But there's money in the account. You know what? That's not in the allowance, though. What's in the account is not what's in the allowance. 
The allowance is what I am allowed to spend at this point in time. You're going to have to teach your children. Teach your children early how to live on a budget. How to tell their money where it's going to go. And then how to check and say, did, I, did, did my money actually go where I told it to go? Did my money go where I told it to go? They're going to have to see you do these things as well. So guess what? You're going to have to try. You're going to have to show your children some things that, that maybe you didn't want to show them. You're going to have to show your children. Listen, this is what we have for groceries to spend. We can't go out to eat today because this is what we have for groceries to spend. You want to know why you only have those shoes? Because this is what's in the shoe budget. An emergency came up, well, guess what? I will take my shoe budget and I'll move it over to your shoe, shoe budget. Because God, I know God, God's got me. God's got me. But we're not, we're not going outside of the budget. They have to see that they have control over what comes to them. We got to get our children and our, and our houses out of the habit of spending, spending, spending until the account is empty. Spending, spending, spending until the account. There's nothing that dismays Brother Eberhard more so than seeing an account with $5 in it. Oh, what, 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 what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? And why is that? Because I know that God has put me here to be a blessing to others. I know that God has put me here to overflow into other people's lives. How can I bless you with $5 in my account? Listen, it's not, it's not a game to see when the numbers start turning negative. How many overdrafts we can get. When you see these traits, when you see these habits in your family, you need to apply instruction to break it right away. When you see that they have charge-offs and negative remarks on their credit history, you need to get with them right away and charge them to break. Break that. Break that cycle. It's not because I want you to have an 850 credit score or a 750 credit score that I want you to be able to do whatever. It's because I'm trying to set you up for a lifetime. I'm not going to be here to bail you out. To cover you. You're going to have to know how to, you have to be a wise steward. To super abound over what God has put into your hands so that you can meet the needs of others. Listen, we're, we're talking about financial considerations and death. How am I supposed to rest in peace when I know that anything that I put into your hands, you're just going to blow it and blow it and blow it until it's gone? 
that you have no ability to hold on to, to nurture and to grow what is put into your hands. So we need to set the house in order. We have to teach our family, teach our children, teach our wives to live with purpose. That we're not just living based on our emotions and our feelings. That we are living with purpose. And we are living with purpose. We put these things in place. It's not just for one person to be responsible for these things. But each person in the house has to be able to handle and manage these things. Listen. Go to Psalms 37. By the help of God. By the help of God. Go to Psalms 37. It says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. And he shall bring it to pass. What we said, we, we said last week, Pastor said last week, that when you're committed, you're imprisoned. When you're committed, that means that you are bound. That means that you are constrained. There's a way that seems easier. There's a way that seems pleasurable to my flesh. But my way is committed to the will of the Lord. And I know that if my way is committed to His will, that He is going to bring it to pass. It's on Him. It's not on me. It's on Him. It's not on the economy. It's on Him. It's not on the president. It's on, it's on God. It's not on the man. It's not on the community. It's not on my boss. My way is committed to the Lord. He will establish it. Listen, your, your, your plans. Setting your house in order. Your, your plans, they need to be, they need to be written. There, there's just something about the written word. They have to be forward oriented. Go to Proverbs 24. Just a few pages over. Proverbs 24. It says that through wisdom and house is builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. It's through wisdom that the house is builded. Now we know that the foundation that we build on is Jesus Christ. So you don't have to worry about the foundation. As long as your foundation is Christ, that's what you're building on. But it's up to you to establish it. It's up to you to, to set the parameters, to set the boundaries. And it's by knowledge. It's by knowledge that you feel it. That you feel it with precious and pleasant riches. Listen, in setting your house in order, just getting real practical. You're going to have to consider, well, what are my, what are my assets? 
What are my assets? What are my liabilities? What are my debts? What are my commitments? A lot of times we call this a personal financial statement. Some people, you know, they don't know what's an asset. What's my stuff? What's my stuff? You need to take a look at all your stuff and decide, is this an asset or is this really just a drag? Is this, is this an asset or is, or, is, or is it a liability? You know something is an asset when it produces income. When it increases in value, then it's an asset. Anything that you have that requires that you spend money on it continuously, that money flows out of your life, that's a debt. That's a debt. You know what? Some of you all, your, your toys, your toys, those are debts. Some of your, some of your, your, your boats, your recreational vehicles, your, your, your toys that you constantly have to pour money into, those are, those are debts. Some of your, some of your so-called business enterprises that never generate money, that never generate profit, but always generate losses, they consume all of your time. Those are debts. Those are not assets. You need to take stock. Write it down. Commit it to paper. Is this bringing money into my life? Or is this taking money out of my life? Is this worth more today than it was when I first bought it? If those answers are not, are not yes, then that's a debt. That's, that's a weight. You need to put together for your family a place where they can get to your, 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 your passwords. Just being practical. You need to put together where, where are all your accounts. Hey, here's a tip. Get a credit report. Try that. Show your, show your children your credit report. Show your adult children your credit report. They can see how much you owe Target. Say, so, well, why, why didn't you pay that off, Daddy? Set your house, setting your house in order. Setting your house in order. Your children need to know, know how, to, how to access your information. They're going to need to know who are your financial advisors who's who's looking after your taxes do you, have, do you have things in place where you have lawyers that have to look after contracts for you you know what what one person one pe some some people that your your children need to know they need to know well, 
Who do I need to go to for spiritual advice? How about that? Who do you trust? Dad, who do you trust? When you have questions about what God is saying to you in your life, who do you trust that you can ask questions to? Who can I go to where it will be safe? Their counsel will be safe. And Proverbs 11 and 4 says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And set the direction for your home. Get your financial affairs in order. Listen, one of the things that, that we talk about, and there, there, there are many different types of financial instruments. And so apologies, but we're just not going to get all into those. Because every, with every iteration and every cycle, they change. And, you know, to be honest with you, quite often they change to, to take more of your money to put into their pockets and not into yours. But one of the things, some of the things that you need to make sure that you have is, is you need to have a will in place. A will is a legally enforceable document indicating your desired distribution of assets. So listen, a couple of things you need to pick up from that definition. That a will is legally enforceable. That means it has weight. It has the weight of your word. If your word has weight, then your will will have weight. But guess what? If your word doesn't have any weight, he just wrote down some stuff on a piece of paper. What do you mean my word didn't have any weight? If you have a whole bunch of outstanding debts and obligations, if you have lawsuits pending against you, then whatever you may have thought that you wanted to leave to somebody, guess what? The, the courts have claimed on that first. And they indicate your desired distribution of assets. Your desired distribution of assets. Your will, your will says, this is where I want it to go. But guess what? The, 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 the people that you want it to go to, they have to want to receive that. Just because you wanted that, that kitchen table to go with so-and-so, doesn't mean that, that so-and-so wants that kitchen table in their house. It's, it's your desired distribution of the assets. Listen, the will that goes into force, it goes into effect after you die. It, a, a will is, is, is vitally important. If you have minor children, you need to get a will today. What are you waiting for? You're saying, well, I don't have, you, don't, you don't have anything? Who are those sweethearts, those babies that you have? Your will can be used to designate guardianship of your minor children. You don't want the courts deciding who takes care of your children. You don't want your parents and your brothers and your sisters fretting over who is taking care of your children. You want to designate that. You want to designate that. Your children want you to designate that. Listen, I love my family. I love my family. But when my children were younger, my wife and I had decided that, that my children would stay in Texas 
that they would stay in Round Rock, that they would stay in this ministry. None of my family lives in Round Rock, Texas. So my children needed to have guardianship. Why is that? Because the Word of God is so much more important than anything else. Auntie will always be auntie, but you need to hear what God has to say. Uncle will always be uncle, but you need to understand what God's desire is for your life. And I know for a fact for my family, as for me and my house, that this is where we will serve the Lord. And so you need to have a will put in place. Listen, your, your spouse and your natural children, your children that you adopt legally, they have a statutory right to inherit. So even the court systems are going to be favorable with respect to that if you don't have a will. But all those, those complicated family situations that you have, where there are children in your house that for whatever reason you haven't adopted, that are not your natural issue, you need to make sure that they are mentioned in your will. Or else they will not have a legal claim to anything. Listen, in, in your will, you can set up advanced directives in the event that you are medically unable to make decisions for yourself. Also, in your will, you can, you can list out your preferences. You can even make provisions for your funeral and your burial. There's another instrument out there. It's called a trust. We're not going to get deep into it, but a, a trust, just think of it, it's, it's a, a trust is its own entity. A trust is a legal entity. It's like a corporation. It's like a company. But what, what a trust is, it's where you put your assets into the hands of someone else for the benefit of a third party. So you put your assets in the hands of a trusted financial advisor to benefit your children. You put your assets in the hands of a trusted financial advisor to benefit your spouse. That's what a trust is. Now, some of you all have complicated relationships like that. I don't know. I know some people that have 25 different trusts. Because that's just how complicated their finances are. The trust, it can become active once you die, meaning that the assets go into the trust once you die. But a trust can also be active immediately. As soon as you transfer those assets into the trust, the trust is active. You can only have one will that's enforceable at a time. That's why they call it your last will and testament. There's only one will that can be enforced at any point in time. But you can have as many trusts as you want. As many assets as you got, you can have as many trusts as you want. Again, talk to a legal or accounting professional if you need to get, if you need to get into that.
there are some items that you have that, will, that don't need to go through the process. When your will is, is opened and it's read, it's a process that's called probate. It's a court process. Where now the person, the personal representative, or they call it the executor or the executrix, now that person has the legal right to use the assets that were yours. There's some, there some things that you can pass on that don't even go through that process. Your insurance policies, your bank accounts, any, any pensions or retirement accounts, anything where you have designated a beneficiary, those things don't even go through the court process. That means that, 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 you're, that, you're, that your spouse, your children, they don't have to wait on that stuff. That comes to them right away. They have access to those funds right away. Some things that, are, that, that will need to go through a probate process are things like real estate assets. Anything that's not, that's not jointly owned. It, just think of it as any asset of yours where you, only, where you only have title to it, where you only have the rights to it. Those things will need to go through a probate process for you to transfer those rights out of your name into someone else's name. I knew we were going to get into the situation. Listen. If you have minor children, if you have people that you need to take care of on a long-term basis, you need to have these things documented. You need to have these plans already in place. Already in place. Long before they need to be activated. Long be you need to already have discussed with your wife. You need to have already discussed with your husband what's going to happen to your minor children. There should not be any questions on the deathbed of, well, this is, this is what could happen, this is what might happen. Because guess what? Quite often, when one spouse dies, another spouse dies. Just, just because experiences show that one, that one spouse outlived another one by 20 years, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. I've seen husbands that appear to be healthy, their wives passed, and within five years they were gone. It, it almost seemed as though their desire for life had just vanished, just like that. Go to Ecclesiastes 7.11. Go to Ecclesiastes. Here it says that wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that seek the son, that in providing for your family, that it's good, it's good to give them wisdom, but it's also good to give them the means of support. 
First Timothy chapter five, it talks about that that those that do not provide for their families that they're worse than infidels. That they are worse than infidels. And we're just going to read this last scripture. First Timothy chapter five. says, but if any provide not for his own, specifically for those of his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. This is talking about widows, about those, those that, are, that are aged, that need to be provided for. But just know that it, it applies to your children as well. Guess what? It applies to your aunties as well. It applies to your uncles as well. If your family is in need and you don't provide for them, you've denied the faith. You have denied, and you are worse than an infidel. Because at least they, they don't even claim to know Christ. They don't even claim to know his love. But you say that you love God. And you would allow your uncle to live on the streets. You say that you love God and you would allow your auntie to have to beg for food. You're worse than an infidel. Listen, family, there, there are so many things that we need to do to set our house in order. We don't have uh, the time will not allow us to go further in this area. We will be back to discuss more of this. But just know that in showing your love to God, you have to provide for those that are in need, especially those that are in your house, especially those that are in your house. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.